Well, folks, you're very welcome along this Monday evening to the LCC-sponsored TTM talk show. Delighted to have you with us, and delighted as always to have Mr. Harvey and Mr. Kelly with us as well. Lots to look back on, lots to look ahead to, and lots to discuss before we go any further. I have to say, of course, with our sincere sympathies to the family of the late Jim Curran and to the club of Arbo as well. Uh, Jim was a very, very well-known and very, very popular character. We knew him, guys. We knew him very, very well, and he was a, a legend of his own lifetime, Kelly. I certainly was, Noel. Um, I got to know him through the Ralph Rain and that there, and um, he definitely was a good character, and one of these you know, old-school type referees, I suppose you could say. He was. He could talk to players and things like that there, and he wasn't strictly by the rule book as such, you know, very... Um, and I think that's the players, uh, why players liked him so much, because he, he, he could interact with them, but... Of course, he, he filled every position that was going with our ball from being a goalkeeper to all the administrative posts. And then, of course, too, as Damien would go there, um, he was involved with Drone's most successful period. And the fixer, as uh, they've all come to know him, and I suppose that the, um, the fact that all those highly decorated Drone players have so much uh, good things to say about him just uh, ultimately um, shows what type of man he was, no? Absolutely, and Damien, of course, as Kevin said there, he was heavily involved in the administration as well as obviously helping out as playing and in terms of refereeing. But he also fulfilled many, many duties in and around various uh, county committees. And also, as Kevin uh, alluded to there, with the Throne team during its most successful period, uh, the, the Throne senior team. Yeah, I think we had mentioned it yesterday, we're, we're doing a wee piece on him the other day. If you weren't in his uh, sort of, if you weren't on his mobile phone, you weren't somebody that could help out. He had everybody there that that uh, anybody could in any way influence or help uh, Tyrone achieve what they needed to achieve. They were on his mobile, um, and yeah, a great a great character. And as you said, as Kevin's already said there, um, the players have saved a lot of amount of time for him. Oh, I spoke to Owen Mulligan about it yesterday, and folks uh, was very very warm in his praise about him. He says that the, the some of the trips to training alongside the likes of Mickey Coleman and. Brian McGuigan and Horse, he says, Jim Corn was was a centre man telling the stories like, and he was uh, he was uh, he was he was plenty of crack, and even you know some of the things he shared uh, towards the end of the conversation yesterday about the fact that you know whenever the things weren't going well, um, you know maybe at a bad game, he says Jim Corn, he says was stood over, arm around your shoulder to say, look boys, you've had better days in before and you have better days again. Don't worry about it. Keep your head up. So he says, all he's a great respect for. So a guy that um, worked away in the background and um, there's no doubt he'd be sadly missed. Certainly will indeed. And uh, as always, as it always in cases, I guess, uh, long after the others have, have, have moved on, the family are left with the, the memories and that. But uh, we do indeed uh, extend our deepest sympathies to him and to the family. And um, our thoughts very much with him at this sad, sad time. Anyway, in terms of football, Kevin, once again, and Damien, another hectic weekend has just passed. And looking ahead, <laughs> it doesn't seem as if the, the workload is, is getting any less. And I notice that you boys, like myself, especially Paul and Herrick, were trying to meet all the demands and be everywhere uh, at the one time. But again, another good weekend of football, Kevin. Uh, it certainly was, Noel. There is no such thing as weekend anymore, as you said there, just... It came into Friday, we were eagerly waiting for, for the action to start and it didn't let us down and uh, league and championship and um, 
Again, here we are on Monday night reflecting on it, but of course, we're really looking forward to it. We knew the four senior quads of finals were going ahead this weekend, but uh, bonus for want of a better word, the, the day that the intermediate four quarter finals are going to be on as well. So um, I think Team Talk need to look about um, maybe getting a, a, somebody out there to sponsor a helicopter. Or could maybe just a wee idea there, maybe just to get round the ground, you know, just. Yeah, well, I mean, I've no doubt that the LCC will be able to, su- to supply the fuel. So, uh, Damien, uh, we'll see what you can do about that. Uh, one one <laughs> helicopter required for the weekend. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure we'll. Uh, we're, we're about, well, I know you have got plenty of helicopters for five years ago, but it seems to have uh, it seems to have softened off a wee bit. Uh, the helicopter trade around the these these parts, but um, yeah, uh, there's plenty on, and um, because these are all single fixtures, um, it really has mm-hmm. made life slightly more challenging to try and get to these games. Yeah, just no, just, sorry, just a helicopter. If you if you are interested, I know. John Coyle there, Matlow, has got his pilot license, so if you want to sit and co-pilot with him, me and Damien will take the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think Damien is, at this stage, is well aware about my concerns about flying, and uh, if, if I wouldn't climb onto an airling, there's absolutely no chance that I'd get into a two-seater with Mr. Coyle, because I don't think a two-seater would be big enough for both of yeah, them. The last time Mr. McGinn went to America, we had to knock him out, get him on the plane. Um, so a bit like Mr. T. Uh, you give him a pint, some milk or something. Yeah. No, we'll leave the. But it's better. I have to say, it's better than than the, than the boy that slept on the train in New York and, and didn't wake up till about block a hundred, two hundred and something. Uh, Mr. Devlin up there and uh, Omar. But anyway, move on. <laughs> right. Listen, busy weekend as we say. So good football. I have to say, I'm going to start in reverse, and you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to mention. Um, Benny and myself were down Newton Stewart last night. The Neve Owen club hosted that game, uh, Gorton and, and Owen Rose. And as true as goodness, it was the best game of football that I have seen in years. It had absolutely everything. It was a real old fashioned championship match. Rory Keenan was a star man, no doubt about it. But it was two teams going out of hell for Leather. Really, really exciting stuff. A goal of the last kick of the game to take the game to extra time. And it just, it just had everything that, that, that Gilly football has. And it was a marvelous effort for the game. No, the uh, it, it it took a goal. I think it was the goal towards the end of of the game to force injury time in that one. Um, what the very last kick they made? The very yeah. very last kick, yeah. And but then, uh, obviously, well, obviously Gorton, Gorton with the team then an extra time. Yeah, funny. And we spoke to Rory Keane after, it and he spoke very very well. And he mentioned that they actually looked at uh, the the Dungannon Lock McCrory situation and, and talked about that. It just shows you. Importance of preparation and organisation, but there's no doubt about it. When they come out for extra time, they hit the ground running. It was as if um, Owen Rose were just still start, trying to get into the, to the groove of the game, but but Gorton just started very very well. Bang bang bang, a couple of points. And once they got the lead established, they grew in confidence, and you could just see that uh, Owen Rose, aware of time, run away on them, uh, just couldn't get back into it. And, and Gorton rallied comfortable winners in the end. But a marvelous a marvelous advertisement for our sport. Yeah, well, working backwards then through the weekend, I suppose we started with last night, yesterday afternoon, Ocher, uh, eight points, for a 10. Ocher were in control of this for a while, Kevin? I mean, they were up out of there. I suppose they would have been with uh, dreadful weather conditions, I have to say. Uh, we were very fortunate to be in, in the, up at the back of the Lock McCrory stand, uh, where I have to um, say we were well looked after, but... 
Nahar started well, I think they got the first four points of memory serves me right, Noel, and, and Bird didn't score the 16th minute. A uh, point from Ben McSorley, who was one of their better players on the night. But probably Ahar went in at half time, only two points, having played with the win. But having said that, Barra, I think it was seven wides he kicked in the first half and the up four short into the keeper's hand. So they got that they got that part of their game right in the second half. But again, at times in the closing stages, they tried to run the clock down when they're only a point in front. And they could have been caught. They were, they were overturned uh, two or three times in possession. But Ahar just couldn't. Ahar just lacked that killer instinct, you know, um, apart from, you know, uh, Aidan McElroy in the middle of the field, definitely didn't deserve to be on the losing team. He, he gave a momentous uh, performance with four points from play, but that's where Ahar struggled. They, they got one point. Their, whole, their, their forward line contributed one point from play, and uh, you won't win many matches doing that, whereas uh, Burr had a better strengthening of scores, but we'll have to say Oshin Donnelly in difficult conditions finished with six points five from freeze and ultimately it was the difference between the two teams, Noah. Yeah, no question about it, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> you know, her lacking potency in, in, in the forwards and Aidan McElroy, he actually got injured, Damien, attempting to go for a score uh, and once he got injured, they moved him into full forward, but they lost whatever they had from, from the halfback line on because he had carried so much ball for them and, and set up an awful lot as well as taking several scores himself. But once he went in, the entire threat disappeared. And to be honest, I thought Barra thoroughly deserved the one. And uh, it'd be interesting to see just how they do with it, especially with the local derby coming up against Halliway. Yeah, no doubt about that. The next game that we'll turn our attention to was Clogher against Eden Dark. I was down in Dungan and watching that one. I have to say, Dungan, the uh, Eden Dark team, Probably didn't start the game the way that it was. Fifteen minutes in, they found themselves five-two behind in that game. Uh, Clough had a fantastic start to, the, to that match. Ryan McKay with a couple of scores early on as well. Um, Connor Shields, captain, uh, slapping a free uh, to put them into a three-point lead at, at the water break. But it's the curse of this water break, I think, at the minute. So once the water break came, things started turned right around. Although I was listening to the instructions that were going to the Eden Dark uh, panel at that stage, it was very, very simple. Just reset, boys. We need to think about what we're doing here, and uh, let's get out and play a bit of ball here because Ahar, or say Clogher, at that stage looked like they were in control of the game. But the last 15 minutes of the opening half, um, Eden Dark absolutely dominated, it. Um, and the women actually at the break seven points to six up. Yeah, you know, and in particular, very very impressed with Harry Oak uh, Collin, who, who was uh, playing centre half board, um, and a guy that. Uh, He's very accurate, actually, from play as well. Darren McCurry was actually held scoreless, believe, believe it or not, from play during, during the game. He did kick five points from freeze, um, but he ended the game to scoreless. And it was the second half, Eden Clark were absolutely dominant. Um, the Clocker side didn't score until almost injury time with a very late goal. But goals uh, from R- Rory Collin, a very late goal from Rory Collin, and uh, one from Cian Ferguson. Uh, sort of put the Aidan Dark men on the right path and uh, they're very, uh, there'll be a big force going into the next round. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think that even from, from the start of the, the, the championship draw and Aidan Dark, with the form that they've been shown in the league and so on, they certainly are many people's favourites. But we've seen it happen so many times before, you know, favourites and all the rest, but uh, you come along on uh, a night on the lights in Oma, and the rain and the wind blowing, it's amazing how their plans can just uh, go, go awry. Because we actually, Damien, saw one of the other favourites uh, earlier in the day when we watched Eglish and Yvonne. And, and uh, 
Kevin, uh, English started well, but they uh, won't come back and, and, and made a fuss of it. I did know, but I thought I was very impressed. I thought Agnes were very professional the way they went about their business. You know, it was um, a potential banana skin, a bit like Aidan Dork and Clutter, where Aidan Dork had everything to lose. Agnes were in the same boat, and they went out against the wind in the first half. I think they were 1 5 to a point up. They, they really done a number on Nave Owen, and um, a lot of good quality um, scores from Agnes. Uh, Nave Owen come back and, and, and got a couple of goals and, and really tightened the thing. But I think the crucial score in all was, a, was the last kick or the last action of the first half when Agnes got their second goal that had left him. I think it was seven, eight points in front at half time. And really, uh, it, was a, it was a long way back for Nave Owen. And, you know, as a good team does, you come out for the second half. I think they got four, four out of the four. But... I suppose there was an element of luck, you could say, maybe about the two Agnes goals. Both of them come back off the woodwork, but you have to be in the right place to, to put them away. But um, I thought Matthew McLean in the middle of the field was very, very good. Hit four points from play. Ethan Jordan in the opening 20 minutes could do nothing wrong. Hit four points. Uh, but it was their ability, I think, as a, as a team. Conor McKeon finished with three. There's a great spread of scores throughout, throughout the field. McCready, middle of the field, got a goal. Um... Colin Byrne at wing half back at 1-1. Colin McNulty, who again I thought was excellent, coming up from corner back, had a great score. So, you know, Agnes's ability to, to get scores from, from all over the field ultimately proved to be the difference between the two teams. Like Nave Owen had some good performances. Brandon Boyle was a, was a handful at full forward. Aidan McSorley, his moments too, took a, took a good goal to, to give them a bit of a, a lifeline in the first half. But overall... Um, Agnes was a game, as I said, that they had everything to lose, but uh, they got the job done. It was all about getting through the first round, but they know themselves uh, that they'll have to improve going forward. Kevin, they were just saying there about the, the water break, Kevin. Interesting, the number of matches we've seen, but there's no doubt about it that uh, a team that has momentum, the last thing they want, uh, 18 or 19 minutes into the game, is a water break because it certainly seems to have a negative impact on, on, on the team. There's no doubt about it. I said in the last week's show, the last couple of weeks' show, I think that water break is complete nonsense. Um, the amount of rain that was falling on Lock McCrory last night, I think the last thing the players needed was a water break. It was, it was, it was a, a retractable roof that they needed over the, over the top of the pits to, to sort of protect them from it. But no, it's, 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 um, it just loses all momentum, as you say. Probably if, you're, if you are a team on the back foot, it, it maybe comes at the right time, although you only have got a minute. And they are very strict with that, and it's it's very you know unless you're very well prepared or you have to you know what you have to say. You have a minute to get a drink of water and get the instructions on. But as you rightly said there, I think it's I think it just stops the whole flow. If there is a, good, a game going well, especially as the championship goes on now in the quarterfinals, semi-finals, it's um it just stops kills the whole momentum of you on on top. And I just think it's I just think it's nonsense. We were in, in Donald Moore Damien on Saturday evening. And Sean Quinn uh, told us in certain terms that he's not a fan of the water break. Yeah, just a wee bit like Kevin. Kevin don't think made himself very clear there about what he thinks of the water break. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's I'm telling John Devlin about it yesterday. John Devlin. We'll just take a water break here, Damien. Yeah, see, he's out of the game. Yeah, uh, that's that's Kevin takes a water break in between the beers. But anyway, moving on. Uh, no, the uh, John Devlin. I was asking about it yesterday, and he, you know, about this water break, and is it taken after? Because there was a natural break and play after about fifteen minutes, and I thought, right, is there another water break now? And he said it's 
It can be taken at the discretion of the referee any, any time between the 15th minute and the 20th minute. So it's, it just it just seems it seems absolutely crazy that you know the game can be divided up and you know you might end up playing ten minutes towards the end of the first half in a row. But it's 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 a it's just a it's just needs to be done away with very very quickly and hopefully the powers will be that see the sense and get rid of it. Moving across then to Donald War then on Saturday evening, Noel Chef himself took this in the rock. Uh, had a 311 to uh, 112, I think it's 312 to 112 victory over uh, Murtown. And this rock side are becoming, look at a moment more of the park. Yeah, we spoke to Martin Haggard and Lee Nugent after it, and uh, both were, were, were delighted to, to be through uh, to, to the next round. But there's no doubt about it, I mean, there's, there's plenty of quality in this rock side. Uh, Ed McGarry, Conor McGarry, Lee Nugent, the pace and the movement up front, we were, we were absolutely. Uh, enthralled by, by the, the performance of those guys in particular. But defensively as well, really, really well set up. And one of the things yeah, that has impressed me, but just going down through the team sheet, was that Dermot Carroll and Conor McCreese are both subs. Those are the type of quality subs that you want to be able to bring in uh, at key moments in the game if, if you're going to be successful at this level. And I think that just a wee bit of strength and depth that the Rock have will, will certainly help them. But I mean, their performance on, on uh, Saturday evening, the way they set up, Against the breeze, were very very strong. Uh, they, they brought a, uh, an extra man or two back. Uh, they defended well. They were very very well organised. But when they broke and they broke at great pace, and they were a serious set going forward. And as I say, Lee Nugent particularly, uh, young Michael was another man who still there. I was very very impressed with him. And of course, you can't talk about Rock without mentioning the evergreen that uh, perpetually youthful uh, fullback here in Gurley. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many times I see here in Gurley, he just strolls through games. Never put the foot wrong, Damien, and just uh, he, he, he just oozes calmness. Yeah, he certainly does, Noel. And um, I have to say, give another, uh, I say, Guillermo was excellent. Um, I have to give a strong mention to the free taking of Shane Murphy as well. Um, Noel, he was, it was outrageous some of the checks he was taking in, into the breeze in the opening half. I think he, uh, he had three, three from five attempts in the opening half, but this guy doesn't take freeze anywhere inside the 45 meter line. It's, this is all 45 meters and beyond. Uh, and he landed one from 55 meters into the wind in the open. And it, 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 it's a real art to see to see the ball kicking off the ground like that. Yeah, but funny one of the guys are chatting them after it. It says that uh, uh, you'll see him up in Musa with a bag of balls, setting them down, kicking them one after the other. This isn't, I mean, it's a natural talent for it, no doubt about it. But it's uh, you know talent and practice and hard work. They all have to come together if you want to be successful. And you can see that in his game now. That's that's a serious a serious set and a serious bit of uh, uh, stuff that a rock have in their armour. Yeah, just on the other side of that, I'm sure Merton will be very very disappointed. To the fact that you know they really didn't compete in that game the way they would have wanted to. No, um, and I'm sure the two Stevies will be very disappointed on that Saturday night. Um, they didn't really look like a team that had the bit between their teeth at all in that game. They didn't, and, they, and you know, it's a, a, they, they appeared to, to they looked like a team that just didn't know what they were about at times because Tony Quinn sort of left a lot on his own up front. Brian McLaren handled a lot of ball, but there was a lot of lateral stuff. I mean, there was you know, they, they needed to be moving the ball in quickly and getting into the danger area. They didn't do it, and, and there was no doubt about it. The Rock had their number, they had them well sussed, they, they, they knew what they were about, and Rock were able to, to negate any threat that, that Murray had. I mean, they got the goal very, very late on, and the goal put a gloss and scored, to be honest, really. But Rock were very, very comfortable winners. 
Yeah, certainly did. And then, of course, early in the afternoon, uh, Pierce Park, Yalbley were the hosts for Greencastle and Stewartstown. And if you're looking for grit, determination, effort, and all of that sort of work that's needed in a championship, it's it's a potent com- combination, Kevin, when you put Sean Teague along with Greencastle. No doubt, Sean, Sean Teague and, and, of course, Nell Coton as well. Uh, two very passionate men along the line, and that. There's no doubt when a team, especially in the championship, you're you're looking for inspiration. You have to you have to see something coming from the lane. You have to want it. Um, it was a strange sort of a game in the first half. It was um, you know at times Stewartown looked a better team, but they went in six all at the break and uh, they came out for the second half and they went two points up. And at that stage, I think me and you had mentioned that. No, that Stewartown probably they had a goal chance. Uh, Shea O'Neill took a point, but there was maybe an option for, for inside for a goal chance. But look, the point was a good score at that stage. That actually put Stewartstown two points in front, which, which was the biggest gap there was to, uh, at that stage of the game. But that was eight minutes into the second half, and they never scored again. Um, Greencastle's next score was a goal. It was the first time they led in the match, and it just gave them enormous energy. As I say, Stewartstown had a wee golden spell. But they didn't make the most of it. They only built up a two-point lead, and you know we put that much into getting that two-point lead. Greencastle were always going to have a, a spell, and they made the most of it. I think they kicked two, three, two, four without the play to win the game. And uh, we alluded to, to Sean Teague afterwards. I think the strength and depth of this uh, Greencastle team, like the start, Aidan Clark was the line out at full back. He didn't start. He come on. Sean Keneally come on. Um, There's a couple of other young uh, Gumley come on there too. They've a very strong squad. They put a strong squad together, and um, you know we're, we're talking about I suppose the Aiden Darks and the Agnesis, the two teams that come down last year as being the favourites, and rightly so. But um, this Greencastle team, um, a bit like Ahalu, their opponents in the, in the quarter final, this Greencastle team are, are are well capable of matching anybody on their day, and uh, they just they just kind of we say in the destination of the Paddy Cullen Cup yet. Yeah, no doubt, Billy Kevin, I hugely impressed with them. Really thought that the workers they brought in, particularly uh, in, in the second half, when, when they absolutely put the clampers on on uh, Stewartstown. But I think part of Stewartstown's problem was they seemed to run out of steam. I may be wrong on that, but I think in terms of fitness, in terms of sort of fleet of foot, and you mentioned Sean Keneally and Ryan Gumley and Aaron Donnelly. These guys come on, Damien. They're very athletic footballers. I just watched them in the warm-up and the stretching and, 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 and the movement that they, that, that, that they were able to do. And they brought that to the game. And the pace at which they broke, uh, they really give uh, Stewartstown a serious, a torrid time. And then, of course, Kevin, when the, the sentence off came, that was it. Once that happened with, with, with the, the goal, the second goal, uh, there was no question, there was no coming back at that stage. And, and to be honest, the Greencastle were comfortable winners in the end. But they bring passion, they bring commitment, and they bring physical strength. And they'll be a handful for anybody. Well, of course, then on Friday night, there was a full round of uh, Division One league games. We'll be coming to that very shortly, but there's also two championship games as well. First of those was uh, well, the first of those was played in uh, Newton Stewart seven o'clock. But I attended the game in Oma that evening, Ahalu against uh, Ahiarn, and uh, not too many people would have seen this result coming. Uh, no, no. To be honest, Damien, if you're a betting man, and we talked about this, and Sean Quinn, we, we spoke about it several several times. I think everybody was expecting Ahiarn, particularly in light of their recent form. And the fact that they've been running up some great scores and also the depth of their squad and the, the amount of talent that they have. Everybody was expecting Ahi Iron to uh, uh, just to, to, to roll over uh, um, Ahi But that wasn't the case. And it showed you about championship football if you're organised and you're committed. And 
if per chance you're, you're, the opposition may slightly underestimate you, all you need is, is 15 guys not giving 100%, you know, 2% less, and it's suddenly, uh, and it's very difficult then to put the foot back in the pedal because it just doesn't happen. And uh, Ahalu exploited that, no doubt about it. They're a good side. I saw them last year in the championship. They, they, they suffered a uh, defeat last year for Rock, and that still hurts. And I think that, that part of Friday night's performance, Damien, was uh, lancing that boy, shall we say, from, from, from last year. Yeah, it was a great start to the game. I think Rory McLone had a point inside 20 seconds to sort of sort of put the marker down right at the beginning of the game. He was a goal scorer then inside three minutes. A terrible, terrible mistake in the, the goals. Uh, poor kick out. Um, just finding one of the Ahalu players quickly transferred to Rory McLone and he put it in the net. Great finish it was. And they were a side that were really, really sort of dominated the early exchanges. But Ahalu uh, got found their feet. Ethan McHugh kicked a couple of points. Um, Ronan McHugh actually got black carded in the midst of it all, had to spend 10 minutes in the bin. Um, and Ahiron just looked a bit shapeless, but they managed to, believe it or not, they got to half time a point ahead in the game. Now, chatting with a couple of Ahiron players, or sorry, supporters just down in front of us, and they were they were saying they scarcely deserved their lead at the, at the break. But Ahalu got themselves reorganised in the second half. They were absolutely tremendous. Now, McElroy getting through a power of work. The two Midlones, Judy and uh, Rory, thought they were excellent. Midfield got on top as well. And I have to say, you know, they come away and they really bullied Ahi Orange throughout that game in terms of their intensity and their efforts. And that, that would have come as a, as a surprise. But one thing I'd have to, would have to say, like the, the game um, just went away from Ahi Orange by the experimentation of this uh, goalkeeper out the field. And it's not working for Ahi Orange. Didn't work for them in the championship last year. I think they run into trouble like a couple of years ago against Terry Lahan. And Benny was caught it. Benny Gallon was caught off his line for the two for two goals in the second half, and Ahalu just walked the ball into the net. Not saying that that would have changed things around, but you get the feeling that that experimentation has to come to an end soon because they're getting caught out too too easy. So it's Benny Gallon's a good footballer out the field. You know, Eden Dark playing Al Morgan out the field. Maybe that's something that Ahalu can look to. But I think they have to go a full time keeper. And I have to say, he made two absolutely tremendous saves. Because Ahalu won the game by seven points. They could have won the game by 13 or 14 points, only for two brilliant saves from Benny Gallon. That's that as well. Surely there's a lesson for Kevin. We often say that the definition of madness is to keep repeating what you always do and expect the outcome to change. You know, and uh, it appears that Ahi Aaron, you know, with, with, with Benny Gallon certainly has, has, has many, many talents as a goalkeeper, but he also has many, many talents out, outfield. The problem is combining both sets. And, uh, you know, I, I, goalkeepers are called goalkeepers for a reason. I used to say to goalkeepers, I played in front of when I played full back. I said, don't come for anything beyond your line. You just stay. stay. <coughs> full backs and the cornerbacks deal with all the rest of the stuff. And your job is there to prevent goals, you know. But uh, obviously, Kevin, that's not necessarily the, the modern uh, thinking on the role of the goalkeeper. No, that's it. As Damien alluded to, I remember seeing Benny Gallon a few years ago playing minor football for Ahayarn. He's a very talented player out the field. And possibly, I think they're going to have to just make a decision. He's either a goalkeeper or he's, or he's going to play out the field. I think the, the, the chances are you know, doing both. There's very few players can do that. Um, maybe it's a, a low Ahayarn had a couple of injuries there earlier on in the year. When it comes to the championship, that's when they're found out. If you're if you're not at full strength, um, any team can take you out. But look, I suppose we shouldn't have really looked on it as a really really major surprise because we've mentioned this program a couple of weeks. The uh, the scoring potential of the Sahalu team. You've Niall McIlroy, you've the two McGloons, you've Connor Mullen, you've Tynan Donnelly. 
all boys that can score if you give them half a chance. And very, in a lot of ways, they're very similar to the Rock as well. They've got a potent uh, forward line as well. I mean, you've got you've got two or three players, especially outside senior football. And you've got two or three forwards in intermediate or junior football that can score. Um, it puts the opposition under enormous pressure because very few teams in, in intermediate and junior maybe have two or three out and out uh, man markers. And uh, you know, Wahaloo, um have got a way of playing. They play a fast attacking football and like everything else. If you the sense blood, they went for it. And if you if you don't go out on the field prepared, right? I'm not saying nothing you earn, but if you go out with the wrong attitude or uh, the fear, the underdogs get in front of you, it puts the pressure on you. You once you go that white line, you have to start uh, thinking things out for yourself on the field and. You know, once Ahalu got in front, the the um, they kicked on, and that's what good teams do. So Ahalu are been very very disappointed that they were didn't in the back of the league. From just like Stewartstown too, going reasonably well in the league, but uh, championships are completely different animal. And uh, you know, sixty minutes, and um, unfortunately, if you don't if you don't turn up or don't produce in that sixty minutes, you have to wait another twelve months. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how you are next to react to that defeat. They've still got a brilliant chance of good, you know, progressing to a league final there. So. They've got, they've got a bit of work to do over the next couple of weeks, and it'll be interesting to see how they, how they react. And uh, their team, if they get their act together, they're, they're as good as any team in that division too. So well, the thing about uh, the thing about two the year with with the whole thing being congested as it is, and you know, especially with intermediate quarterfinals now this weekend, it's going to leave teams with a couple of weeks maybe before the teams that are out of the championship a couple of weeks before they actually play again, and then there's a big decision to make because like a lot of the you know emphasis is on the championship and. Even if you're going well um, and you're beating the championship, it's like it's like sticking a pin in the balloon. The whole thing just goes. It's how that play, you know, how how the group of players, any team, any team that's beating the championship, it's how they react over the next two or three weeks. Maybe when they're kicking the heels and have got no football, you know, the next league game's obviously going to be vital for any team that's knocked out of the championship. And as you said there, you know, there's only what seven league games this year in, in the league or six league, seven league games, sorry. Um, it's a great opportunity till Ahoyarn are very, very well placed and you know, they can bounce back maybe a week or two just to, to get refocused again because another couple of wins and, and they could be in a league final. Yeah, Noel, you were our uh, Newton Stewart correspondent this weekend. You were there on Friday evening as well, 7 o'clock. And uh, Taddy Ray, very impressive win over Sirvan. Yeah, first of all, uh, credit to Lee Home Club. I went down there and I saw, I saw actually the mix taking, part, taking place, Damien, because the people from Drag East, people from Newton Stewart, all working together, making sure that cars were parked, people were well received, everybody knew what they were about and where they were to go for, for the game. So brilliantly well done to, to, to the Avon Club. But the game itself, uh, Siobhan, two points I'd make. One, uh, they moved Martin Mongan to the edge of the square, big, big physical threat. And Warner Mullen then, obviously, he was carrying most of the scoring threats, shall we say. The one or two injury concerns, one in particular with Danny Bride. Matt from home to roost because he didn't last much longer than 12 or 13 minutes. But the credit here must go to Harry uh, Ray. They were absolutely super. As I say, big Martin Mongan, Kevin, we've talked about Martin before, his physical prowess around the edge of the square. But Fergal Armstrong, who was probably giving away maybe six, seven, eight inches, was absolutely outstanding. He really did. He hustled them, he bossed them, he bullied them, he did everything he possibly could, and he won the battle. And because Saban were getting from nothing from Martin Mongan, it was all reliant on Warner Mullen. Warner Mullen, I think, hit one nine or something. Uh, the, the, the goal was a penalty with a very, very last kick of the game. And again, we bit a gloss on the scoring. But Terry Ray, fully deserved winners. Bowen Murray, uh, John, uh, John Gilmurray, uh, Pat Mullen, 
those children only again absolutely superb in terms of the work that they brought and the hunger they showed. They just hunted and packed. And a wee bit of experience they have Damien Tooth in senior football as well and played against better quality opposition. You can see it reflecting on the on, on the on the team itself. And then up front of course Duke Jarton was, was was more than a uh, a cause for concern for Savani really did uh, cause him all sorts of problems. But James Darcy and Gareth Mumna absolutely outstanding for the And fully deserving winners. And I know there's some people talking about that Fair uh, have a bit of an age because they're getting the, the, the game played at Javai on Friday night. Tell you they won't mind where they're playing because they fully believe that they're a good championship side and they're well capable of beating any team uh, that, that they come up against this season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you that. We'll be talking about the, those championship games now in a few minutes' time. But obviously, the games from Friday night, we had a full round of uh, Division One league fixtures from Friday night. Dungannon they continue their march towards uh, a possible league final that had a seventeen point to thirteen win over Moy. Very narrow victory for them at home in O'Neill Park. Uh, Kelly Clare had quite a bit to spare over Lock McCrory, four thirteen to seven points in that one. And Roy, they got their season uh, off to the first win this season with a 1-12 to 10 points win over Carrick Moore. I think a, an experimental Carrick Moore team. Sorry, and Roy did win earlier in the season. Second half, they beat Arbo. And Arbo, of course, the game down there was, uh, wasn't played against Ergo Kiernaud due to the death, obviously, of uh, Jim Corn. But the situation in Division 1 at the minute is uh, Division 1 Group 1, anyway, is Dungannon are on top of nine points, Ergo Kiernaud on eight. Gilly Clutter on eight, Carrick Moore on five. Looked like they could be out of the picture at this stage. So it's between Dan Ergel and Gilly Clutter in Group One, Kev. Yep, no, Dungannon, listen, they're going well. And um, it's just interesting over the weekend, just the way t- teams approach, teams that are still in the championship approach games. There's a, a couple of teams that um, went full stance. There's a couple of teams played uh, more or less reserve teams. And there's a couple of games didn't, well, one game didn't happen. So, uh, Dungannon, I think, feel it pretty strong. Patrick Malloy hit nine points in that game. And of course, there's always an edge when Dungannon and Moy meet. Uh, not only a few miles between them. But a good win, Chris Raverty and, and Collie Holmes of, and Terry Lachlan of Dungannon playing some good football. Uh, they've a quarter final this weekend and they're sitting top of that Saxon. So, everything going well, although having said that, um, I think I'm come right in saying that their last two games, they've to go to Ergel and they've to go to Killy Clacher. So, uh, <laughs> You know, there's still a lot to do to get that uh, elusive uh, league final place. Um, go on to Pomeroy. Uh, I wasn't at the championship game, but uh, as you boys said, they were very disappointed against Derrigal. But look, another local derby and um, a good win from Kieran McGee, I think, scored a brilliant goal. Uh, fully deserving winners by all accounts. Ryan Lachan running like among the points as well. Um, and then we had, uh, obviously, the Arbo game was off um, on the counter of Jim Corndown. And um, we gladly went to went to Derry Lawn. Derry Lawn fielded a, a virtual reserve team, but made life very difficult. In the first half, it was only the second half when we got to grips. Because sometimes when that happens, it's uh, I guess the player psyche maybe, and it's, it's very hard to miss performance. Uh, Dot Moore got off the, uh, their first win of the season too, but again, they're more um, as they've done before the first round. The the, the field are weakened team and were well beat. Uh, Clano. Um, Feel it strong and uh, bounce back from the championship defeat by um, accounting for Oma. So the whole thing's um, tightening up well now in, 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 in that section as well. Yeah, it's all to play for in that section because uh, Coal Island have eight points after five games. Clano are in seven, Galbally six, Dramore six, and Trillick six. 
So you have five teams there that are, are vying for a place in the league final. It'll be interesting to see the approach in the last two games. Well, you see, the thing is, um, you know, with the league only being seven games, it's it's, it's going to be, you know, Trillick made the decision there last weekend not to not to play, not to field against Coal Island. Um, so obviously they're going uh, full blast for the um, for the championship, and, and rightly so. They play Kelly Clara this uh, Friday night. Um, but look, it's 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 all to play for. A lot of the teams up there um, have to play each other yet as well, and. Um, It'll just be interesting to see. I think it'll probably go down to the last game, but you'd have to say at the minute that Poland uh, and Clonow uh, are in the in the box heat and they have to play. Yet. Yep. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, I'll say it's interesting to see. There's two games to go in the league. Um, according to when they've played, but they'll they'll be coming up over the next few weeks. Um, and now we turn our attention, of course. Uh, Noel, maybe do you want to do a short roundup of the the ladies' championships over the last weekend as well, and another big weekend for them as well. Another big weekend coming up again. Uh, the, the I suppose if we start in the junior up, the, the big one is is Colleen and Tano who are meeting in the junior semi final. That's a massive, massive game down there. And Colleen maybe a home advantage, but uh, Ronan McSherry is looking forward to that one with a bit of breath. And he, he really does think that this team of his is well capable of, of winning the championship. So that'll be an interesting one to see. Of course, uh, with Intermediate, Carrick Moore are the hot favourite for Intermediate. And they went to Trillick at the weekend and, and, and saw off the challenge there. They, uh, they've uh, in Cabo this weekend, but I really can't see anybody beating Carrick Moore. I think Carrick Moore will, will go on and win that Intermediate Championship. They're very, very experienced. Uh, Jim Abegley is still playing great football, but they lost some of the only gears coming through. And Cathy McAleer, who keeps the stats for me, got her first point in a long, long time. So, Cathy, uh, it just doesn't happen very often, but you're really delighted for her. So, well done to her. But the senior one's a big one, Damien, of course. Eric O'Keir and McCartans are kept apart in the, in the semi finals. I was up last week watching Aria and Kalishal in the championship up in Kalishal. Huge of both teams, but particularly with the physicality and the athleticism of the, the Aria gear. It's absolutely astounding. Interviewed Rebecca Barger after, and I have to say, my arm was whole because I was holding the, the, the phone up at, at a serious height to try to, to, to complete the interview because she's a, a really, really tall girl, but a brilliant footballer and a real athlete. Uh, Mary Cathy, a very, very similar player as well. But that's going to be an interesting game themselves in Arigal. Uh, there was very little between them in the league game, and I, I think this one, boys, of course, are looking after Arigal, and I think he's learned a lesson or two. They will be favourites because of home advantage. Uh, but I still wouldn't put a pass area with Lee Hughes and, and, and Emma Jane Fairman. I think that they could, uh, they, they might, they, they're well capable of causing upset, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. McCartan's, of course, are playing uh, Spernog and uh, Spernog at home in that one. McCartan's, of course, we all know they're not the multi champions or multi team champions for, for nothing. Deep, deep quality, great strength there. Chloe McCaffrey the weekend scoring for fun and uh, it's a real shootout between herself and Neve O'Neill. Neve O'Neill, of course, for Spernog. <laughs> Scoring machine that she has been for quite a while. And uh, it's between herself and Chloe McCaffrey. And I wouldn't be surprised that if you ever come out on top of that, of that particular duel, could say the outcome of the game. Yeah, lots of action to look forward to. And that. It's just a pity it's clashing with so much of yeah. the intermediate and senior quarterfinals this weekend. Of course, we start with the, the games on Friday night. Uh, um, the first one you mentioned a wee bit earlier on that intermediate game in now in Garabahi, a home game for Vera against Toddy Raycan. Hi, Vera have been playing their, their, their game there while they're doing work. 
on their field. But um, listen, that'll be an interesting game. Burra, Burra come up, um, have come up through the ranks here from junior, and they're they're more than holding their own. I think they've only lost one game this year, and uh, they did what they had to do there. As we mentioned last weekend, there was no frills about the performance. It was it was workmanlike. They probably will feel they should have won by more, but it just a wee few mistakes, as said, in difficult conditions. But I think they're going to have to tidy up on all that there because they're going to meet a, a, a Taddy Ray team with uh, with serious championship pedigree over its last. You know, they've, they've got uh, the three championship finals in the last four years and they've won, won two titles. So, you know, them players are all still on board and a couple of younger ones coming through as well. So they're a team that know what it takes to, to go all the way in the championship. And that's important as, as the championship goes on. So uh, it's a local derby as well. And that's, that's only going to add to the, um, the whole location. It's just a pity that that's clashing with the senior semi-final in, um, in Oma at the same time. But listen, it'll, it'll be a very, very tight game, I think. Um, but you'd have to say that the Tats would win as favourites. Well, I'm, I'm sure Trillick and Kelly Clower would be absolutely delighted to know that it's the semi-final. <laughs> it's, a, it's the quarter-final. It's the quarter-final. Quarter-final, sorry. sorry. No, it's, uh, that's, what, that's, what hap- that's what happens when you're going to 10 games a week. <laughs> yeah. No, you're dead right, Kim. Um, Trillick against Kelly Clahar is, of course, a big one on Friday night in Omar. That game, I think, uh, right in saying that's live in TG Clahar. Um, big coup for the, both teams involved there. But as Kevin says, Trillick will be, uh, I've put all their eggs, it looks like, in the one basket with this uh, for a championship uh, retention here. But uh, Kelly Clahar will be no, no uh, straightforward obstacle for them. No. Uh, listen, I mean, I think it, it's, it has the makings of a very, very entertaining, very competitive game. Uh, both sides have, have many similarities in terms that they defend well, they attack with pace, but they have quality up front as well. And they also have guys in the middle of the field who can deliver uh, not just power pack performances, but scores as well. But um, I have to say, the, the truly performance that we saw against uh, Galway, uh, we, we probably sounded critical of it last week. It's still doing the job, and that's all they have to do. I mean, winning in the championship is all about winning. It doesn't matter whether you won by one point or 30 points. And Trillick are, are superb at that. They manage to, to, you know, impose themselves on games. They always manage to get on the right end of the results. And I think they're going to do this game as favourites, and I'm not surprised at that. Killington, on the other hand, still developing, still uh, they've introduced three or four new players, new management system in place and all the rest. That sort of novelty may, may may work against them. If I was a betting man, my money would be in Tully. As I say, the, my my heart says Kelly Clark, but my head says Tully. So um it's <laughs> a great it's a great way of getting out of sitting on the fence. We'll, we'll stop knowing again telling lies here now, Kevin and we'll cross the good job it's a good job the game's decided on the night Damien or it's probably yeah, 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 yeah. You've heard all this from Olm again before and then he's up off his seat and halfway down the steps whenever they stick one in the net and all that sort of stuff anyway. Kevin, I have a black and blue sitting beside him, Damien. Just imagine how all them, just imagine all them, how them, all them poor inter-county forwards felt over the years. Exactly, you get you get a wee, you get a wee sense of it when you're sitting beside Noel again watching a match. Exactly, I mean, I. Well, you definitely do, Kevin. You got up close and personal with this uh, select team in the last round. Um, they showed all their experience against Galway, and that's probably just the wee bit of experience at the end that just got them over the line against Galway. Um, definitely, they'll go into this game as favourites. But Kelly Clacher won't be an easy, uh, won't be an easy task. No, no. It's, look, it's a clash between teams that have 
Tell you, they've won a couple of championships, obviously, the holders there as well. They've won a couple of championships in the last four or five years. Uh, Kelly Clara won a championship as well and, and got to another final. So, listen, it's, it's, um, it's a game that would probably be worthy of the final itself. Um, Noel alluded to there earlier on. Look, uh, Tillich uh, in the first round, it's all, about, it's all about getting through to the next round and it was mission accomplished as far as that was concerned. I just think it's going to be, it's going to be hell for that. There's two teams that this is going to go straight down to the wire. I wouldn't rule out the the time. Um, of course, it's a repeat of the, the, the final from a few years ago. So that's got an added uh, space to it as well. So, um, Say Kelly Clark as well at, at, at times in their game against Kelly Clark or Jack Moore didn't look like world beaters, but again, it was all about getting over the first round. And I would say, though both teams wouldn't tell you, they were probably when the draw was made, they were this, they were probably preparing for this quarter final down the line. And, and um, it, it'll take something special to divide them, yeah, certainly will. And uh, Noel McGinn will be in Girvahi watching Bear and Toddy Ray. And anyway, anyway, move on. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, and I'm really looking forward to this one. It's Eden Dork up against Rock in Stewartstown. Kevin, brilliant pitch. Uh, top of the ground conditions up there in Stewartstown all the time. And any game you ever go to watch in it, it's 100 mile an hour. Um, these are two teams that I can't wait to see them going at it. No, certainly are, Damien. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a competitive nature of throwing championship football in any grade where you're, you're saying that this is, this is an eagerly awaited clash because when you think of the, both these, there was two divisions separated these teams this time last year. Um, you know, we Aiden Dark down from senior, the rock up as, as junior championship winner. So um, the way things are, look, Aiden Dark, where it's no secret, they've been scoring for fun. They've hit over 100 points in the league. Uh, took a wee while to get going against Clare, but again, uh, that's the nature of the championship. They didn't have to lose last week, or yesterday in Dungannon. But they've done the business in the second half and it mattered. Rock, uh, we've talked about it, they've, they've, they've a number of quality, quality players throughout their team and a good mixture of youth and experience. And again, a team with maybe junior championships on Ulster, but the one Ulster junior championships have, have all that experience running throughout their team. And look, they'll go in, they'll go in as underdogs. There's no doubt about it. But Martin Hackett um, know Martin well, and he'll have them well set up. He'll have done his homework on Aidan Dark, and um, Aidan Dark will be favourites. I think Aidan Dark will share it, but you can be sure one thing: Rock will um, Rock will give it all they have. Yeah, no doubt they will. Uh, of course, the second game on that afternoon as well, up in Kelly Tower, another brilliant surface. No, uh, it's um, Greencastle up against Ahaloo. Yeah, I have to say, as, as a Kelly Tower man, I'm very, very proud of, this, of the facilities we have and, and the quality of the pitches. Uh, it really is. If you want to play good football, there's no better surface uh, in the county to do it than on there. Uh, I think it's a great, this, this is a potential to be one of the ties of the round. We, you know, we've been spoiled dealing with sitting, we've talked about this before which quality of the games that we've seen both in senior and intermediate football. But this one has the potential to be an absolutely outstanding game. We saw Greencastle impose themselves on Saturday and on a team who, who probably much bigger physically and, and much more uh, direct than, than, than Greencastle. Uh, it was a good test. Greencastle passed that test. They faced an Ahalu side who will be brimming with confidence following that one over Ahi Arn. Uh, now, whether they're able to, I mean, the, the, the genie's out of the box, shall we say, or out of the bottle, shall we say, in terms of the Greencastle won't be walking into this game with their, with their eyes wide shut, as, as, as the movie says, but they'll be very much focused on what they have to do. And I think Kevin mentioned it earlier, the benches are hugely important now, as, you know, as the games come thick and fast. And Greencastle, with Ryan Gumley, uh, Sean Keneally, Aaron Donnelly, a wee bit of quality, they had a wee bit of strength and depth. 
that could be the, the, the difference. But I think that the, the key will be for the, the battles in, in, in the centre of, of, of the team, or of the, the both teams, because of, if um, Greencastle can look after the team of loans, I think that'll be a huge, huge, or play a huge role in, in the outcome of the game. If they don't, I can see how they won it. But I think if Greencastle put the clampers on, well, Sean Tate could be smiling broadly again come Saturday evening. Yeah, certainly looks like that. Uh, the next one, uh, uh, Clayland against Derry Lachlan. Is that a Saturday or Sunday evening game? We just uh, need to double check that. But I think I'm feeling that's Saturday. Um, I think that's Saturday game, yeah. Very good on Gannon that game. Um, Clayland, uh, Derry Lachlan obviously have played in Gannon a wee bit earlier, uh, Kevin, against Moy. So they'll know the surroundings fairly well there. But they're going against. One of the favourites of the championship, no doubt about it. Ah, uh, to me, I, I think I said this last couple of weeks. To me, I think Clyde are the favourites for the championship, and you know there's a reason for that. Their, their quality throughout, not only their starting fifteen, but they've got a they've got a bench that will be as envy of every, most other teams in, in the county and beyond. Um, they play great attack and football. I, again, go back to you know the one. You know, they've won two, uh, a championship back in, in 2010 and, and most, a lot of them boys, well not most of them, a lot of them boys were still there in 2018 and, uh, you know, the, the last two championships they have, the, the, there's been an influx of, of young quality players since 2010 to join the likes of, you know, Stephen McNally, Paddy McNeese, they were green plucked at Keenock, his performance against Clonow was, was unbelievable, Niall Kerr, you know, they have a great mix there, Louis O'Neill back again is a big boost to them as well. And uh, like the, the, the beat Clonow without Potty Hampshire and Jahar Quinn. So, you know, they are a team that, that are up there. Um, look, everybody will have them, you know, unbackable favourites against Derry Lachlan. But listen, it's the type of game that uh, when you're playing championship football, that uh, there's absolutely no pressure on Derry Lachlan. At times against me and you were in Dungannon when they played uh, the Moy, and at times when they were moving freely, Damien, they looked a very potent team. They've, they've a lot of good scoring forwards as well. At plus, they can play the defensive end of things as well. Um, you know, so like Derry Lachlan have their homework done, there's no doubt about it. Um, they'll be well set up uh, to try and counteract Coal Island. It, it's imperative, I know it, it sounds straightforward, but it's imperative that don't. If Coal Island come out of the traps and get the first three or four scores, it's going to be it's going to make life very, very difficult for Derry Lachlan. They're going to have to stay with them toe-to-toe and, and go up the state, you know, they'll be hoping 10, 15 minutes to go that it's, it's still very much anybody's game because if you remember a couple of years ago Colleen were overwhelming favourites uh, and Dungan again against Aidan Dark and they just about got over the line so um, it's it's a banana skin for Colleen but I would still expect them to come through it Damien Yep then we move to Sunday afternoon of course Arbo <coughs> up against Dungan and Aidan Dark at 2 o'clock Noel I think this is a season defining game for both these teams uh, Arbo Want to, will want to put a, a marker down on this season. Jump, lose your form. Um, and if Dungannon lose this, well, it, it asks questions about their credentials to go on maybe and and push for for uh, county honours in either the league or the championship. The funny thing, I, I, I don't disagree at all, Damien. I, I think but, that if uh, Arbo were to lose it, it would have a much bigger impact on Arbo than it would have on Dungannon should they lose it because Dungannon are, are, are playing good uh, football. They had a good run in, in, in the league. They uh, amassed a, a good total of points. They're hoping <laughs> the bigger sides and dealt with them well. And they're evolving. They're, they're developing. 
and they were taking great heart out of the way they come back against Rock McCrory and the way they bossed the extra time. So from that point of view, I, I would say that that they're they're happy with the progress. Now, if somebody hands them a, a semi-final place following the Arbo game, they'd be more than happy to to take it. But I just think that that it will have a much bigger impact on Arbo for several reasons. One. They've struggled to make an impact in the League and Championship for the last number of years. And for a club with the tradition and the history that our both have, it, it just uh, it shouldn't be like that. But the second thing, of course, is I think the passing of Jim Corn will be a serious catalyst for, for uh, an, a massive performance at the weekend. Because Jim knew all those lads, all those lads, Jim was a legend as a kid. And I think that the likes of Brian McGuigan in and around that panel there, he's bringing much more than just what he brings to the game. He's bringing his experience, he's bringing his leadership. He's bringing his, his, the qualities that are immeasurable, and he has had them in spades. And I think that I'll uh, have about when you've played Corley playing the way he's going, Dean McGrew starting to hit form, Jay uh, McGuigan uh, starting to look sharp and, and, and up for the, for the battle, Michael O'Neill in the back, Michael Cassidy, and Oshin Devlin, guys, and Gibson Kevin. We have seen this before that on paper, Arbo have everything you could want and a team that I could want to championship. They just they're just lacking that that we magic, and maybe that magic is a good win. And the one against uh, Donald Moore might be enough to uh, fire the season up. And uh, if, they, if, if they have to go and run, they give Dunyan the tournament. Okay, then two to go, and uh, it's Dremore against Ergel here and Jack Moore on Sunday evening. And Kevin, uh, we've talked about it in previous weeks. You feel that this Ergel here team are throwing everything up this championship this year yeah no doubt about it and you know when when you talk about championship football in Tyrone you're naming six or seven teams that, that uh, are always in the reckoning for the O'Neill Cup these will be two of them but it's it is hard to believe when you think of it you have to go back to 2011 the last time the more won the, their third championship and uh, 12 months later they were replaced as county champions by Eric Akeen which was their last title so uh, you know two teams that have Maybe you know, watched our likes of Trillick, Clano, Chili Clahar, uh, Island come along and win championships, and they have missed out. Uh, Ergo have missed out in a few finals. Chili Clahar or Dermore have come up short in a couple of semi finals. So it's going to be the end of the road for one of them on Sunday night, and it, this is going to be a real uh, ding dong battle. I think this will actually be the game of the weekend. Um, I know there is, going to, there is a, a lot of cracking games in store, but I think this is the one that. Um, um, will really get the juices flowing. It's repeated the league final from last year up in Fintana, and it was a a real dogged dogged affair. And that team wanted to would give an inch, and um, you know we again got into it. Eric and Kane were very very impressive against Pomeroy, but uh, you know how good were Pomeroy on the day? They just they just didn't turn up, and the game probably was away from them inside ten minutes. Tomorrow night, Han had to go to the well big time against uh, Oma. But uh, what impressed me with the more was their, their fitness levels in the last uh, period of extra time. They just put their foot on the gas and pulled away from Oma. Uh, two teams with, with uh, big squads of players, uh, plenty of players that could come off both benches to make an impact. And uh, it's just I wouldn't like to call it. Maybe maybe no one should call that game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, if you ever, if you ever uh, whichever the county players, be it Niall Sutton or Peter Hart, has the biggest impact. I think that will determine the outcome of the game. There you are. So we're going to extra time on that one. Anyway, move on. Uh, last game of the weekend then is uh, Sunday evening throw-in time of 7.30 for Eglish up against Gorton. And uh, Gorton 
Sunday night footballs what they're all about. No. Sunday night footballs what they're all about. Uh, the venue's that one, Damien, again. Sorry, oh, this, is that, that Oma? Was, yeah. Uh, that because or is it? Yeah, well, it was Oma. The, no, it's, it's Oma at half seven, Damien, yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was concerned about the uh, last night with, with the extra time and the failing night. And we were very, very lucky that the, that the, uh, the sky sort of cleared to allow that game to be finished because it was looking dodgy enough. But I think this is going to be a real think of a game too. Two, two sides who love the physical aspect of Gaelic football. And uh, we often say, Kevin, about how big and strong and manly those Eggish men look on their black jerseys. But uh, Gorton, listen, they will love the battle. They, they, they're a championship team. They have great heart, great determination, great spirit. Uh, Cormac uh, McGinley's in there with them this year, working uh, with them. And, and uh, you know, speaking to, to Rory Keenan last night, they're delighted with what he's bringing. He's bringing a fresh set of eyes and a different voice, and that, that sometimes can make a difference. But Gorton have experienced the championship, that they've had a wee bit of tradition, and I think that uh, the quality they have, like Kieran Brawley, Sean O'Magalier, and Sean McKenna last night looked very, very sharp and very, very potent. Uh, uh, Eglis would need everybody, I think, to play at the top of the game to really to, to push the Scorchin team to the front of the colours. If I was a betting man, I would be putting my money on, I think, Gorchin are well capable of causing what would be seen as an upset. But I do believe if, if any team can, I think Gorchin can, can cause an upset this one. Okay, folks, that uh, nearly about wraps us up for this week. Uh, plenty of action that happened last week, of course, and lots, lots more to look forward to this weekend. Um, of course, uh, Tune into all, all our social media. We'll bring you updates from all around the county all over the weekend and uh, updates around those uh, match reports and uh, all of the contents from the, the ladies' games as well. Looking forward to another action packed weekend and uh, sure, give us a follow and let us know. And if you find any transport in the form of a helicopter, please let us know when we get over the next couple of days. But until next week, folks, a very good evening to you.